Hypocrisy's the best part I say Wish for change but lazily Hey everyone, it's your boy Trav, and I am super excited about this series of interviews that I did uh, today, Sunday, January 30th. Um, I had the opportunity to chat with five members of the Section 1 East Green Wave uh, girls hockey team. Uh, They're in their second year uh, as a sanctioned, sectioned varsity sport. Um, I chat with uh, Brady Whirl. I chat with Eileen Mazzaro. Mo Poli and Wallace Kelleher. All four of them are players on the team. I also had the chance to chat with Stacy Whirl, who is the head coach uh, of the of the team and is also one of the driving forces, one of the catalysts behind uh, this movement. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy Trav, and I am pleased to be joined by Stacy Whirl. She is a friend of the show. This is not Stacy's first time on the pod. We met a few years ago um, while this program and, and league that we're talking about was in its infancy stages. She is head coach of the Section 1 East team and one of the founders, dare I say, catalysts of girls ice hockey in Section 1. She's taken some time out to chat with me uh, and I, I'm really lucky and pleased to have her on. Stacy, how's it going? Thanks for coming on. Hi, Travis. Hey, thanks for having me again, helping us promote what we're trying to do here in the section to develop girls hockey. Um, we're just really thrilled to have the opportunity to chat with you again today. No, I'm thrilled to have you on. I mean, I, I believe you and I met for the first time at the Rangers training facility. Um, I know I had you on the show that day. I think we were in the media room recording our interview. Um, that was really special. And then I remember watching you do some close contact drills with the girls on the ice at that informational parent meeting at the ice such a few years ago, um, which will tie into my first question, but just to have you back on and to see the great things that have happened in that, you know, expanse of time is really, really exciting. And I'm looking forward to tonight's game. Um, at Sportorama. So as I was saying before, and as we talked about last week, before we started recording, um, I was with you at our first parent meeting when the girls took the ice for the first time back in 2018 at the Ice Hutch. So we're talking all four years at this point. You were a club status then. Please, I'm going to stop talking. Um, I'm going to let you just tell us a little bit about, more than a little bit if you want, about this journey. Thank you. Yeah, grateful for the opportunity. It's amazing to think back at that time when we were at the Rangers Training Center because the New York Rangers were such an integral part of the development of girls' varsity ice hockey here in Section 1. Back in, I think, 2017, the Rangers hosted a meeting down at MSG with the local athletic directors that formed a committee to begin this process. So, um, gosh, how many years now, six that we've been at it. It's, it's amazing. You know, 
when my daughters, Peyton and Brady, were six, seven, playing mites and playing squirts, it was very evident to me the number of ponytails that were hanging out of helmets here mm-hmm. in the Hudson Valley as part mm-hmm. of the Hudson Valley Hockey League. And I just couldn't help but think about what's going to happen to these kids come middle school and come high school. And if they weren't going to go the boarding school route, um, what would happen to their hockey experience? Um, we had incredible players as a teacher in Scarsdale. I had the fortunate um, opportunity to coach the Nicholas sisters um, in lacrosse. And obviously, um, Angie Burns being an incredible, Eliza Brosco being great hockey players. You know, we watched them stop playing come 10th grade, so junior year of high school. And I just knew that it was time. Um, the talent level was so great here in Section 1. And the number of girls playing hockey was just growing tremendously that we needed to surround ourselves with the right people to try to get girls ice hockey started. Um, I sat with any athletic director that would listen um, and take some time with me and Ray Papillardi at Scarsdale and Tess Brogren over at Clarkstown North took the initiative to bring it to the athletic directors here in section one. And through that long process, we were approved. We started two years of club in 2018 and 2019 and, how about that, Travis? In 2020, during the COVID year, we were able to drop the puck officially for interscholastic athletics. Um, and now here we are traveling all over New York State and officially year four of being recognized by the section. Um, and it's just been an incredible journey. Thankful to be part of it and grateful for those of us, thankful for those that surrounded us and, and supported us along the way. You know, to quote that famous song, it's been a long time coming. Um, I think it's it's absolutely fantastic. And you did allude to a few other things. In addition to being the bench boss of the Section 1 East team, you're also a physical education and health teacher in Scarsdale. You're also a professor at Manhattanville College, if I'm correct. Is correct. That? And you're also a mom to some fantastic girls and Brady, who was on earlier, Fantastic Girls and Boys, I should say. I don't want to forget about Maddie. My goodness. Um, well, and Cam, I've got a, I've got a middle guy wrestler, John J. Crowley. Yes, we did talk about him too. Jeez, I'm messing, yeah. I'm messing up this part of the year. But my, <laughs> my point is, is that Brady had talked about when she was like nine years old, and this was in its infancy stages, and just watching it grow. And, and you'll certainly listen to that interview as you'll listen to all of these. And I just think it's great that you have such a personal connection to all of this too, with your own kids playing. Um, you touched on this in your previous answer, and I'm sure it's going to kind of be the, um, the theme throughout this, the thread, if you will, what impact do you think girls high school ice hockey will have on the growth of the game here? So we're already seeing it. Um, we're getting reports from just really fantastic youth organizations here in the Hudson Valley. Um, Marinick Youth Hockey, Rye Rangers Youth Hockey, Scarsdale Youth Hockey, Pelham Youth Hockey, Brewster Youth Hockey, um, the Brewster Ice Arena program, that, that the numbers of girls that are coming out and specifically to the, 
the New York Rangers learn to play program throughout um, our our local area ranks that the number of girls that are signing up to play is beginning to skyrocket. And now that families are learning that we're that that girls high school will be an option, right? Um, we more and more families are, are joining in, in, in having that level of interest that we're hoping for. Um, there's a place for them to play now. We we know that so we, have, we have several girls here in the section that are just really top tier one, division three, division one bound girls that, that have gone off to prep school. And But we also have a tremendous amount of talent. You look at the Mamaroneck youth and the and the Brewster youth program here on our side of the bridge, and and what we see over with the Saints over on the over on the Rockland side of the bridge, you know we've got good tier two, tier one CJR programs that are exploding um, with girls. So, so that that's incredibly exciting. Um, we also understand that not every player is on a college track, right? I mean, Eileen Mazzaro is going to be a great interview with you. Um, she's committed Division One Villanova for field hockey. And here she is, a, a top Tier 1 level ice hockey player that was going a field hockey route. We have several girls on our team that are that are, that are are lacrosse bound, um, but still love the game. And to provide an opportunity for them to play um, in the winter and, and to see minutes, it's it's just really exciting. And I think that's going to be the, the, the growth of what we're, what we're doing. We, and, and opportunities like this to talk with you and the press that we're getting, I'm getting emails from seventh grade parents saying, I want to make sure my school district's on board that my daughter's going to be able to play. I get those emails and texts daily now. So it, it's, I just can't tell you how exciting it is to be part of this. It is exciting. It is fantastic. And if it's one thing I know about hockey parents is that, you know, you don't want to cross the hockey parents. So if people are interested and they want to make sure that their school districts provide these types of opportunities for their girls, then it's it's going to happen. And as I'm listening to you and as I'm just thinking about this, you know, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to talk to a couple of girls from the Hudson Valley. Um, Haley Lunny is one that, you know, comes to mind. She's at Providence. Um, you know, we had Abby Ives, who was also at Quinnipiac. Um, so there are just to reinforce what you were saying that they're really a, we're blessed to have a wealth of talent in you know our own backyard. Um, and again, I can only see it moving forward from here. And as someone who's an, a fellow educator, I'm all about opportunities for kids, um, you know, after um, high school and, and um, beyond. Um, we are hearing rumors about expansion. You and I chatted about this last week. What can you tell us about expansion uh, as it relates to uh, the Section 1 Girls program? Well, I have to give an incredible amount of credit to the Section 1 Executive Committee, the athletic directors that are on the Girls Varsity Ice Hockey Committee, as they've really opened um, the door to suggestions and, and, and getting feedback from those of us, uh, Coach Muckle and I, um, over at the Rockies and and myself, you know, based on our numbers over here on our side of the bridge, and with the executive committee in, of Section One allowing us to have a developmental team this year, we had so many girls try out for the varsity team uh, for Section One East 
that w- they allowed us to, to not say no to any of the girls and, mm. and the girls didn't make the varsity team. We, we actually ended up having a, a developmental program for them and they skate twice a week in addition to the varsity players who are together, you know, five times a week. But um, it's just, we needed to demonstrate that there's a need and a growth and, and because of that, I believe that we will go to expansion. I'm hopeful that we will go to expansion to three teams in the section. Um, certainly my vision, and I believe that it's shared with the, with section one athletic directors is that we'd look at potentially a, a 287 split that the school district South of 287 would combine and, and form the East and stay as the East section one East team. And then the team, the school districts that are North, of 287 would combine, hopefully play out of Brewster Ice Arena and um, form what we call the North, um, Section 1 North. I specifically called or, or intentionally called Section 1 East, um, the East, with the Green Wave to, to celebrate those school districts along the Sound. My hope is that future years down the road that those Sound teams the the Nurshell, the Marinette, the Rise, those programs would combine, um, and then a South team. This is m- many years, perhaps down the road, but then a South team would form, and those would be the the Palums and the Scarsdales and the Ardsleys would come together, the White Plains, and form the South. And so we'd have certain areas of our side of the bridge. Um, I'm super hopeful that years down the road, that a number of girls will will join over in Rockland. Rockland would see two teams over there uh, to get us up to a total of five. But we're hoping that when we drop the puck uh, for 2022-23 season, that we'll have a North team, an East team, and then, of course, the Rockies on the on the west side of the bridge. I mean, this goes without saying, but you, I can tell how much thought you've put into this. I mean, even yeah. with the name of the team, because I wanted to ask you, like, you know, what does that signify? So you just you just alluded to that. I mean, I'm so happy that I'm having you on and some of the kids on from the, from the team, because, you know, more and more people need to know about this. Um, you are playing the Rockland Rockies tonight. Um, being that you are the only two girls teams in the section right now has, it sounds like a silly question, but has a rivalry been created? You know, what's that vibe? And I'm sure I'm going to get to experience it tonight uh, when I'm at Sportorama for puck drop. Yeah, for sure. You know, we've been at this for four years, right? The the um, executive committee for Section One asked us to do two years of club for the first two seasons. None of us really knew what that meant, but we tried to figure it out. The only other team we could play, the other only other club team we could play were, were the Rockies. So, um, and then last year, so for two years, we just played the, the Rockland team, and then um, last season, due to COVID, we couldn't travel. Um, we couldn't travel outside of the section, so the only team we could play was the Rockies. Um, and then again this year, being um, competing for a section championship and an opportunity to compete at the state level up in Canton in two weeks, certainly um, a rivalry for the girls has been created, I, but also a friendship and an admiration. Um, Coach Michaela Muckles, an incredibly special person, and I don't know that I hope the families and the, and the administrators over on your side of the bridge really understand the amount of work, energy, and effort that she puts into really trying to build a program over there for those girls. 
Um, she's an incredibly special person and I love to call her my friend. So though the rivalry is yes, and, and I know how hard those girls work to, to beat us and, and we know how talented they are. They've got a goaltender that is lights out over there. Um, and so we worry about her all the time. So we're, it's a rivalry for sure, but, but Mikhail and I have been on this journey for a few years together and we both have the same the, the same um, objective that we're just going to build the best programs that we can to provide an opportunity for girls and a program that girls want to be part of um, and and then see where we go. But she's got some talent and, and certainly the rivalry is there. The rivalry is there, but then there's also a shared and a mutual level of respect because you all have that common goal. Um, let's switch gears here before we go back um, to these last couple of questions. Um, most embarrassing on ice moment or one of them, Stacy, as I'm sure you, you have them either from your coaching days, your playing days. Cause I know you also played, so I'll leave that up to you. Uh, so there's a, there's a, there's a photo of me um, that I hide from my kids of my dad. Like it's my first time on ice. We, we grew up, I grew up in Southern Maine and in a little town, little coastal town called York, Maine. And, um, we grew up right next to a pond, right? So, so my sister and I, it was just pond hockey every day after school, but there's a picture of me in a snowsuit with, with some shin guards on there, duct taped with a helmet that's too big. So that, that was one of my most, but I think truly when I look back at it, there's, um, I was trying out for boys phantoms. I had my head down in the neutral zone. It was completely my fault. And I got lit up in the middle of the ice. I just remember, I tell this story all the time of my dad, my dad coming off the bench, shuffling across in his loafers. And I could just remember I seeing his loafers, right? And and he just looked down at me and he goes, I think it's time for you to start playing basketball. <laughs> and there it was, right? And that was it. Like, that was it for me. That was the end of hockey for me. Oh. Um, and because my parents weren't, you know, driving me to Boston to play for yeah, class, yeah. whatever. Um, but it wasn't until um, it wasn't until I started playing again as, as an adult in a women's league out in Colorado that that I picked up the skates again. But that was probably my most embarrassing moment. For thank, sure. thank goodness, and thank goodness you picked them back up again. Now, Stacy, I'm shaking my head and I'm I'm chuckling because you told me that exact same story when we were sitting in the media room yeah. at the Rangers training center, complete. And down to your father's loafers shuffling yeah. along the ice, bend, bending it. down and saying, yeah, I think it's time we pick something different, kid. Yeah. Um, what are some of the challenges? I've asked this of the players. Um, I, I'd love to ask it of you. What are some of the challenges you've faced during this global pandemic um, in terms of coaching, organizing, ice time? You know, I'll, I'll let you elaborate more on that. Gosh, the first thing that comes to mind is the mask. The, it's so hard for these girls to sit in the locker room, to, to skate and to work out um, with the mask. We've been so lucky to have some outdoor ice at Brewster Ice Arena. That's been a savior for us, so we can we can get out there. So so certainly that's been a challenge. You know, last year not being able to travel with New Jersey and Connecticut so close, and both of those two states. Their high school girls program is incredibly established and very strong. Talented New Jersey girls and talented 
Connecticut girls. We've got New Canaan and Darianne right here in our backyard, top two teams um, in the state of Connecticut. Um, not being able to play them last year was a challenge. But, you know, our and I believe I can speak for, for Coach Muckle on this too over at the Rockies, with the Rockies, that, that just these girls were part of something so special that they weren't going to let COVID deter us in any way that to be able to be a part of the first puck drop and the first sectional championship and to be the, the girls that were part of this program from the very, very start. Um, it was, it was bigger than themselves and bigger than the game. They, they, it was, it was about community and, um, and about making an opportunity for the youth girls to be part of it, that, that they weren't going to let COVID get in the way of this. And, and so though the challenges are certainly there, um, the momentum and the energy around being the first and establishing this program here in New York State has been just an, out, an outstanding and an unbelievable opportunity. That's a great answer. Great answer, Stacey. Um, I have two more for you. Uh, you and I share uh, a friend in common, that being Ed Witts. Um, you know, Ed's been a huge supporter of mine and my efforts to cover the sport, the podcast. I'm actually working a, a game for him next week. They're taking on ETBE down at the Ice Hutch. So he's always been very good to me. I know that he's done a lot for your program too. So I know you, you want to just highlight some of the support that he's given you. Uh, and then I have one more question for you before I let you go. So I, I called Ed. Uh, earlier in the season and said, Ed, I'm desperate for a place to host our senior game. And not only did he immediately say, yes, I will shift things to make it happen. He ended up putting us after the Mamaroneck Pelham game. And so we followed that game. And for the first time, uh, right due to COVID, we couldn't have spectators and fans, right? But the, but the boys stayed after their game was over. And so the girls were so thrilled that they had fans that weren't their parents for one of the first time ever. Um, and that's because of how Ed feels about this program. As we were chatting about logistics around that date, he sent me a photograph um, via text of his daughter. And he said, gee, Stacey, I really wish this program was around. He, his daughter uh, played Elmira and, and ended up going to play at 40 school and he said gosh she may have been able to stick around a little bit longer had she had we had this so you know i'm hopeful that um, we'll be able to get some ice out of the out of the ice hutch next year for the east team i think it's important for these girls to be in a rink um that has such a winning tradition um my hope is that if we ever bring a state championship that we could put up a shrine at the at the ice touch just like the one he has there for his state championships um when you see Suffren as a as top team in the state pelham top team in the state rye top team in the state it's a, it's very clear that ice hockey is so good down here in section one and we're ready on the girls side to prove that too for sure and thanks to the support of ed and how he supports the girls in pelham and and all that what we're trying to do here we're just super grateful for him for sure you know i just i've been keeping this in the back of my head the entire time those western new york teams girls teams have been chomping at the bit for this to happen um, you know, I've been in touch with a lot of them via social media, and I know that they're excited that you guys are here and that you will have that opportunity to play in 
state championships and and tournaments to come. Um, you know, you're, I'll be very honest with you and with the listeners. You know, Stacy and I had a long chat last week, and and what you're going to be hearing through these episodes, these interviews, is the product of that conversation. And uh, so, Stacy, I'm going to turn it over to you. The last thing I I, I want to hear from you on at this point is, you know, I've had plenty of players on. I've had a fair number of girls on, uh, most of whom have played or play with the boys. Um, and they have their own thoughts and feelings on that. And, and, you know, I'm not necessarily here to debate that individual perspective, um, from, for them, but I know you and I had a really focused conversation about, girls playing with boys, girls playing with girls. And I know that you're in touch with people all over the state, all over the tri-state area as it relates to this issue. And I know you have some real thoughts on it. So I'm going to turn it over to you and just kind of let you give the listeners your thoughts on, on that girls playing girls versus girls playing with boys. Well, you know, Travis, the first thing that comes to mind, how, how fortunate are we that there's now an option, right? Four years ago, there wasn't one. And any girl that wanted to play high school hockey, um, their option was to try out for the varsity or JV or modified boys program. So, you know, we're certainly so grateful that Section 1 Executive Committee believed in us, believed in what we were trying to do, and knew that there were girls out there that, that wanted a girls program, that we even have the option. And, you know, it's very important that families make decisions for what's best for their child. The, these are high school girls and and listen, obviously, there are three very talented, very skilled goaltenders that are playing both boys right now. Um, two of them starters, and and they are they're incredibly skilled, talented athletes. And their families sat down, knowing they had an option, and and made a decision. And so, it, you know, we're lucky that we have the option. I I can share that. As you know, we, we boarded a bus December 10th and, and went up for the first annual New York State Girls High School Showcase up in Buffalo. It was our opener. Our first two games of the season were up there. And as I was chatting with those coaches up there in Section 6, and I did ask the question how many of their players, how many girls, their high school girls, are, are playing boys varsity. And, and those coaches looked at me like I had three heads. They, they, they said none. Um, here in section six, girls play girls and, and boys play boys. And, and they've grown a program and their girls are playing at such high level that, um, that they don't have that. I asked the same question when we were up in Lake Placid and up there, the, the girls still have, certainly have the option of trying out for boys. And, and they, and he also said, but, but it's, it's such a small percentage um, that the girls want to pay, play part. So what Mikhail and I, I believe, are, are really trying to do is create an opportunity and to create an experience and, and a team and a culture and enthusiasm and environment that kids want to be part of. Um, our girls know that this is bigger. This is bigger. It's, it's that what they're doing is just bigger than playing hockey. They're they're going to look back on this experience in ten years and say, "Yeah, I was part of the first team that that got to do that." And and these girls, it's probably you'll hear from this interview when you talk to them. They they embrace that. They they're so proud um, to put on our jersey, knowing that this didn't exist 
um, a few years ago, and they're part of this from the grassroots. So, you know, it's every family will make a decision, and Section One is 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 allowing you know still for girls to try out for boys, and um, we're hoping that more and more districts come on, and that more girls will see at the high level of play that you know that we're competing against and the high level of skill that we have on the ice and 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 hopefully you know they'll they'll make a decision but again i'm just so grateful that that the girls have an option um and they'll be able to see at the high level of skill that we play at for sure again another great answer um to a tricky question to be honest with you um again you handled it beautifully just like you you handle everything and you'll hear in Brady's interview. I mean, I, I don't want to give it away, but uh, again, I'm certainly not surprised by anything that we've discussed today. Just knowing, you know, who you are and what you're all about um, as it relates, not just to this, but just everything that you do. Um, I've been fortunate um, to be chatting with Stacy Whirl, head coach of the section one uh, East team. And again, one of the founders, the catalysts, the driving force, if you will, behind girls ice hockey in section one. Um, I'm excited to come to the game tonight. Uh, I'm excited to see where this takes us. And uh, I really do appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me and, and organize and get the, uh, the other players that uh, the listeners will be hearing from uh, in these upcoming episodes. So again, thank you, Stace. Travis, thank you. And I think I can speak on behalf of every coach in Section 1, girls and boys, that we are so grateful for what you do and how you share all the good things that happen in high school hockey here across the state. Um, this is, as, as you've said, this is a hobby, not a job. And I'm so, so grateful for your family that they allow you to take this time with us during the winter months. Your love of these athletes and, and these coaches and our programs, we're, we're so fortunate to, to have this kind of publicity and, and belief in what we're doing and, and, and the great things that we're doing with kids. So thanks to you uh, for everything that you're doing for our, for our kids and our programs. Uh, I'm humbled by your kind words. Uh, I really do appreciate them. It's a reminder of you know why I do what I do. Um, so on that note, I'm going to let you go. Uh, this is your boy Trav and you're listening to HV Pucks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HV Pucks. Uh, this season has been a lot of fun. Uh, it feels really good to be back at the rink and, uh, behind the microphone. So keep it here, uh, for news, updates, information, interviews, you can find me on Twitter at TravJax71 and on Instagram at T-R-A-V uh, underscore I-S underscore Jackson on Instagram. Uh, this is your boy Trav and I'll see you at the rink. <laughs>